0: Heads up, this is going to be morbid. Lately, with the house looking so perfect and finding it so hard to get a flatmate, I'm increasingly thinking of the poet Sylvia Plath, who I only really know that she killed herself Putting her head in her oven after cleaning the house is my recollection. Oh, I'm in the front room with the birds. They're um, practising their aerodynamics. <laughs> oh, flying over there, They're climbing all over the carpet on the wall. I'm trying to connect with the birdies. Hello, GB. Hello. Because I think the... Bl- The blues are eased by connection with living beings and also presence in the world, um, appreciation for what's there. And I really need to work on that because it's getting rough being here by myself. But back to Plath. Yeah, she was this incredible poet I know that. Uh, I'm going to read some of her poetry today. Because, yeah, I haven't had strong suicidal ideations lately. If you know my stuff, where you go back through my archives, uh, I've talked openly about suicide. There are some chats that I had with a guy that used to be my friend, Randall. Um, It is a sad, sad, but I think self-evident thing that the, the more your mental health declines, the more isolated you become. Or even just you can recover, but then it's hard to re-establish those relationships. I'm, I'm scared to reach out to people who I've hurt while I've been in pain. So thinking about Plath's isolation... And how she chose to make everything perfect first. Before she decided to take her life. She made sure her two children were safe. She just couldn't bear the pain any longer is what I imagine. So. Let's listen to some of Plath's. What I've just found out through a bit of googling is um, she's. The first person to really um, start the confessional poetry movement. So, before I transition onto Platt's work, I'm going to play again. Fiona, Trudy, and Emma singing "You Are My Sunshine" to me because. They they knew I had the blues. And they care about me. I've hugged those three beautiful human beings. (laughs) And got to spend time with them. And I was so buoyed. I was so lifted up. I felt so strong after my two weeks in Sydney. And ever since, I just feel as though, even though I'm moving forward with the house and even moving forward with myself, the more time I spend in isolation, it's like pulling at a thread of the fabric of my sense of self, of being in the world, of knowing what it is to be connected to human beings. And as much as I love you, listener, you and I are ephemeral to each other. We can we can find some reassurance and comfort. Me with knowing that you're hearing this. You perhaps with connecting with me. Oh but life is calling, so I better go get it. One, two, three.
1: Da 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 Lulu what's good It's Patrick I hope you're feeling better I hope uh you get out of the funk that you're in and I hope everything is better for you on this too tu- No it's not Tuesday I almost said Tuesday it's, it's not even Thursday it's probably Friday for you now all right, my friend, I just uh, was listening to your thing and I heard you humming the mass theme, <clears throat> and I don't want to be concerned about you. I want you to know that, or I want to know you're okay. So, all right, my friend, I hope you're doing okay. I'll talk to you soon. I care about you. Peace.
0: Hey, Patrick. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time alone. And then last night, I had a friend that was coming over, and I was like, finally okay, I'm going to get to see someone, and uh, I fell asleep, because there's nothing to do in the evenings, but I just go to sleep, I don't watch TV, I don't really, I don't know, it's just very quiet here, and it's. I like that sometimes, I'm trying to appreciate it, but yeah, I was feeling pretty devastated this morning when I looked at my phone and realised that I'd my friend had been sitting outside waiting for me and it, trying to get a hold of me. And I'd been feeling so lonely, so it, it's kind of got me down today. Well, I'm going to read one of Sylvia Plath's poems, but before that I'm just going to say the birds are being really cute. They're on the carpet Hanging on the wall, which is bird-proof sound insulation to the to the other room, <laughs> and they <laughs> are just chewing it. And GB's like going in and out of the little hidey hole that she got trapped in that one time. If you were listening, and I had to go and rescue her out of there, and then uh, and then Zoe bit me under the arm for my trouble. So. <laughs> Let's click over to Sylvia Plath. I'm also I'm going to do a segment with a link I'm going to put some photos I just took up on Twitter Okay I might make this a new segment actually Daddy by Sylvia Plath. This is the first time I'm reading it through, so excuse me if I stumble over a word or two. Daddy. You do not do, you do not do, any more black shoe, in which I have lived like a foot for 30 years, poor and white, barely daring to breathe or a chew. Daddy, I've had to kill you. You died before I had time, marble heavy, a bag full of God, ghastly statue with one grey toe, big as a Frisco seal, and a head in the freakish Atlantic, where it pours bean green over blue in the waters of beautiful... I used to pray to recover you in the German tongue in the Polish town scraped flat by the roller of wars 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 but the name of the town is common my Polack friend says there are a dozen or two so I never could tell where you put your foot your root I never could talk to you. The tongue stuck in my jaw. It stuck in a barbed wire snare. Itch, 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 itch. I could hardly speak. I thought every German was you. And the language obscene. An engine, an engine, chuffing me off like a Jew. A Jew of Dachau, Auschwitz, Belsen. I began to talk like a Jew. I think I may well be a Jew. The snows of Tyrol, the clear beer of Vienna are not very pure or true. With my gypsy ancestress and my weird luck and my tarot pack and my tarot pack, it may be a bit of a Jew. I have always been scared of you with your lute wife, and your gobbledygoo, and your neat moustache, and your Aryan eye bright blue. Panzerman, Panzerman, oh you. Not a god, but a swastika. So black, no sky could squeak through. Every woman adores a fascist. The boot in the face, the brute. Brute heart of a brute like you. You stand at the blackboard, daddy, in the picture I have of you. A cleft in your chin instead of your foot. But no less a devil for that, no not. Any less the black man who bit my pretty red heart in two. I was 10 when they buried you. At 20, I tried to die and get back, back, back to you. I thought even the bones would do, but they pulled me out of the sack and they stuck me together with glue. And then I knew what to do. I made a model of you, a man in black with a Mein Kampf look and a love of the rack and the screw. And I said, I do, I do, so daddy, I'm finally through. The black telephone's off at the root. The voices just can't worm through. I've killed one man. I've killed two. The vampire who said he was you and drank my blood for a year. Seven years, if you want to know. Daddy, you can lie back now. There's a stake in your fat, black, heart. And the villagers never liked you. They're dancing and stamping on you. They always knew it was you. Daddy, daddy, you bastard. I'm through. She does the log in, she does the log out. she does the log in, then she shakes it all about. Cause if you try to add a segment to a published episode, it might just glitch it up Mm -mm. but we're going out on the road now we're picking up Roxy and that's what it's about in this segment I am talking about my mental health going out in the sun I'm in the sun now walking up my street now I'm gonna pick up Roxy because it's good for my mental health Also, Roxy really loves to come and visit too. You should come to Lulu Island too. I thought I'd done this kick-ass recording. Come on, Roxy, come Up, 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 up for a bit, come up here. I wanted to get the sound of Roxy coming down all these steps. Okay, you ready? Let's go. I only went not not even a third of the way up. Close the gate. Hey Roxy Soxy. (laughs) She's got that extra cute little tail thingy going. Kids on the street. Hey, camping today. huh? I'm going camping today. Yeah, you excited about that, Poppy? Very excited. Where do you know where you're going? Hmm, I, don't know yet. I don't know. Well, hey, <laughs> good. How are you? Good. Oh, i have got. We've got extra an extra pup who's um <laughs> this geriatric dog from the house is just walking past is down here with us. She and Roxy you know each other, they're doing the the peeing tango off. Hey Roxy come on, oh, she... Roxy, Roxy decided, like, fuck this I'm going home, she's like if this dog's going to be coming I'm like I'm out of here, I'm like come on, so she's trotting along in front of me now, okay oh, thank god that nightmare is over. You put your dog in, you put your dog out, you put your dog in, and it's being all about. Picture this, gentle listener. I'm sitting in a chaise lounge, my legs crossed, my back up against the side arm. To one side I have an Israeli rug that's huge covering most of my wall. And on my right is my king-size bed. And when I look across my bed, I see out the window and I just see trees and sky. And right now I'm going to read Mirror by Sylvia Plath. And I think I might read it. Hey Roxy. Roxy. <whistles> Come here. Oops. Roxy. This is Mirror. It's written by Sylvia Plath. Okay? Or I'll give you a scratch at the same time. Mirror. I am silver and exact. I have no preconceptions. Whatever I see, I swallow immediately. Just as it is, unmisted by love or dislike. I am not cruel, only truthful. The eye of a little god four-cornered. Most of the time I meditate on the opposite wall. It is pink with speckles. I have looked at it so long, I think it is a part of my heart, but it flickers. Faces and darkness separate us over and over. Now I am a lake. A woman bends over me, searching my reaches for what she really is. Then she turns to those lyres, the candles, or the moon. I see her back and reflect it faithfully. She rewards me with tears and an agitation of hands. I am important to her. She comes and goes. Each morning, it is her face that replaces the darkness. In me, she has drowned a young girl, and in me, an old woman rises towards her day after day like a terrible fish.
1: I feel good.
0: Like I knew that I would now I got Roxy here on the floor with me I feel good She's getting a belly rub I knew that I would So good So good I've got you
1: I feel nice Sugar and spice I feel nice a Sugar and spice So nice so nice, I got you, when I hold you in my arms, you know that I can't do no wrong, and when I hold you in my arms, my love can't do you no harm, and I feel nice, with sugar and spice, <laughs> I feel nice, a sugar and spice. So nice, so nice, I got you. So nice, so nice, I got you. Hey Roxy, is it a good? Is that
0: good? No licking. I listened to a talk by Brené Brown that she gave over a day at some kind of conference about the power of vulnerability. And what she's saying underlies basically all our really big problems in life, our feelings of shame, and what underlies shame is a feeling of scarcity and a sense that there's not enough, you're not enough Um, there's just when you have a lot of that feeling or experience of scarcity because that's what your life experience has been, then you're more likely to hang on to feelings of shame because you think that you know the the common denominator with all the terrible things that have happened is you so you and also we want to feel like somehow if if we can make it our responsibility then somehow that seems like we've got power over it but a lot of things in life shit just happens and so and also Sometimes we just do shit things, and I like how Brené Brown differentiates between shame and guilt. Shame is when the sense is that that you or the person that you're emotionally, usually emotionally projecting onto, um, is fundamentally a particular thing. You know, like uh, to be shamed, like that you are that. Whereas guilt is is more focused on the behavior, and so. It doesn't have to be a bad thing in the end. It can be because yep, you feel guilty about what you've done because you've made a mistake. But we know mistakes are important because we need to learn from them. So that's how we kind of fumble through life. We we err and err and err and err and err again. <laughs> and sometimes we learn and it's great. But you know, yeah, feeling ashamed of our mistakes is because we we think that they define us. Feeling guilty about our mistakes, with you know a healthy amount of remorse, with some willingness to make some actual changes in your life and own it, and you know bravely move forward with the acceptance that this is something that you need to work on for whatever reason, whether it's enculturation or something bad happened, like for me, I have a lot of shame that I'm trying to transform into guilt about the way that I treated people when I was in a lot of pain, when I was the last time, well, really the only, oh gosh, yeah, just a very bad patch that I went through and I just burned through my friends, like I was so hurt and angry Um, and I know that those connections are there, those people are there And I can connect with them again if I can find the right words to say or, you know, and be in the right space. I'd like to be in a good space, you know, not a stressed out desperation space. I think I'd like to have a flatmate or at least have my financial circumstances resolved, you know, stabilised. Cause yeah, it's just too much. It's too much for people, and that's why I I'm being real still with everything that I'm that I'm putting up here, and I I try to be more mindful these days. Um, Vicky, shout out to Vicky Gypsy Clipper. who was like oh, sometimes when you're going through the blues, that's hard to hear. And Brené Brown calls that floodlighting. I might have mentioned that earlier in a segment, but I can't remember if it, it was the one that got, one of the ones that got accidentally deleted. <laughs> there's this thing called floodlighting where you just, like you're emotionally sharing, but it's just too much oversharing basically. You know, not not the right person, not the right, you know, too much, perhaps the wrong person, You know, I think in the right circumstances, floodlighting, like with a therapist or with someone who has kind of agreed. Or sometimes, you know, it just happens and you're lucky and you get someone who knows how to hold a space for that. But yeah, less floodlighting on Lulu Island, more interspersing with things that means that you guys know that ultimately... I'm doing okay, it just doesn't feel like it sometimes. Like Patrick on We Live On A Planet, I like how he says what the temperature is and then what it feels like. So it's a bit like, um, yeah, with mental health stuff, it says your actual temperature and then it's what the temperature feels like. And I guess it depends on what you're going from and what you're going to. Perhaps. Whereas Trudy and I used to say a lot, but haven't for a while, like your time bubbles. You know, what was your previous time bubble? What's your current time bubble? What next time bubble are you going into? What are the possible time bubbles for the future? How certain or uncertain are they? What are time bubbles, you're wondering? Oy. I don't even know where to tell you to go to to find out about that. What do you reckon, Roxy. It's six minutes, nearly, nearly six and a half minutes. Do you have any final thoughts? Great, awesome. Thank you for sharing. And listener, thank you for listening.